Hey y'all, welcome back to the Black Spirituality Podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan and I'm here with my guest, Sharina. Hey. Um, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? Um, sure. Hello everyone. My name is Sharina Loggins. I am a Reiki master and I'm also the founder of the Regal Phoenix, which is a crystal boutique. Um, the Regal Phoenix is primarily online, but <clears throat> I do do Reiki here in my home. Um, and I also offer virtual Reiki as well. So that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> that's super cool. I've done, I have a quick question. Um, so like I've done virtual Reiki. How does that work in comparison to like, like physical Reiki, like being in person? So it's actually the exact same thing. We're just able to transfer the Reiki over a distance. I think the biggest difference in getting Reiki in person is that you get all of the entire experience in person. So you get the aromatherapy, you know, you might get the sound therapy a little bit differently. You actually have someone, they may be laying hands on you as opposed to, you know, virtually you feel something, but we're not present with you. So that actual in-person experience is really cool all in itself. Yeah. I've been thinking about um, doing it in person, but I don't know. I'm nervous. I, I don't know. (laughs) I just be nervous. Like, I grew Where are you located? In Tampa. In Tampa. Oh, you're in Tampa. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I grew up Christian and sometimes I'm just like, "Mm, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I have to find somebody that I trust. um, Absolutely. To really do it. Yeah. It's definitely a matter of using discernment. Um, whenever you're talking spirituality, uh, religion is a matter of discernment. Um, especially when it comes to letting somebody touch you and lay hands on you, which is what the exactly. Christians say, lay your hands, it's palm healing. So that's basically what Reiki is. And, you know, it's something that has a different name depending mm-hmm. on the religion that you're discussing. But everybody has a method of healing that involves palm healing, I should say. So how did you get into Reiki? Like, did you grow up around Reiki masters? And like, was this kind of like a thing for you always? No, so Reiki is a Japanese form of palm healing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's considered an alternative healing modality. Um, And I was raised Christian just like you were. However, um, my mother's family is from Louisiana. So I grew up part of the time in Louisiana with my grandparents. Well, a lot of the time, (laughs) my time was between my parents and my grandparents. So I grew up. Um, in the house with my grandmother and my great grandmother um, and her siblings. And so I was around, um, I'd say, a different types of spirituality, not mm-hmm. just Christianity, but my grandmother was deeply rooted in the church. But if you know anything about hoodoo, um, it was rooted in Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, spells and things of that nature in the Bible. Uh, so I wasn't raised around Reiki or doing Reiki, but the fact that there are alternative methods to healings, I've always been raised around that and open to that. Yeah, that's, that's nice. I feel like that's nice for, um, I don't know, to, to be brought around, brought up around like different, to be able to see different like things and know that it's all the same thing. Yeah, my husband is a Muslim. 
And so people are, are often surprised to hear that my husband is Muslim, my family is Muslim. Uh, we actually converted to Islam when well, right before we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technically, I'm no longer a Christian. I'm a Muslim. Um, my children are Muslim. They pray five times a day, uh, but they also get a chance to see me venerating my ancestors and practicing spirituality the way that I choose to practice. Not necessarily the way someone tells me to practice or a religion says that you should do it, but I have my own relationship with God and my ancestors and I interact with them the way that I've learned and, you know, growing, I have a mentor and the way that I've been taught how. So how did you, um, how were you able to like, cause you said it's, it's not based on like a specific religion. How were you able to find what works for you? Um, just listening to my heart, you know, we have this, um, wonderful gift that God has given us to trust our instincts, um, and to trust how things make us feel. Um, and I think, you know, society and the world try to desensitize us and take us away from trusting our gut, which is really what it is. That feeling that you get deep down inside, it either makes you feel good or it makes you feel some type of way. Um, and we've been told not to trust that. And we need to trust that because it really is a God given sixth sense. If something mm-hmm. makes you feel a certain type of way or feel like it's not right, you can bet your bottom dollar that it's probably not right. Something is off about it. But if something makes you feel good, that means it's raising your vibrations and it's raising your frequency. And yeah. so that is something that you should gravitate towards. You know that it is good. It's something that you can trust. So we've been given that gift and a lot of times we're just not tapped into it. Um, so I trust my instincts a lot now, way more than um, I could say, like in the past. You know, we go through seasons mm-hmm. and phases where we trust our instincts. And then we have these seasons and phases where we have like imposter syndrome, where we don't trust ourselves and, you know, we don't believe in ourselves. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, so can you... I know. Okay. So in the email um, that Angelica sent to me, she was telling me about how um, your company, oh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the name one more time? The Rising the Regal Phoenix? Phoenix. The, Regal, the Regal, Regal Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, okay. Regal. Um, she was telling me about how that started from your rock bottom season. Yeah. Um, Cause you get a little bit, your eyes, you're like, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, because you know, we have this like, um, well, like I said, imposter syndrome, but we also don't like to share our lows, right? Mm-hmm. And we all have highs and lows. Um, and for me, during my, one of my low seasons, um, I was just like, man, God, what, what did I do? And I know that a lot of us go through that. So the Regal Phoenix was my way of kind of sharing what I went through during that low season mm-hmm. um, and how I came out of it. Um, and just to be the inspiration and show that, you know, we can heal ourselves. We all, you know, come up and everybody's low season is different. So for me, I have been a real estate broker for 15 years. Um, I was a real estate broker back in Chicago. I came here. Um, I've been a real estate broker. I still own my brokerage. However, I got pregnant after I got married. And it was a very hard pregnancy. Um, 
Well, they can they call it a geriatric pregnancy, but with that particular pregnancy, I was put on bed rest very early in the pregnancy. Um, so the entire pregnancy, I'm on bed rest, and I can't operate in my brokerage. I'm a real estate broker, but I also am the primary source of income uh, for my brokerage and my family. And now I can't work, mm-hmm. um, so we're living off of like our savings. And in addition to just that whole life changing event, uh, my son was going through something and you know he got hit by a car while I was pregnant um just all the on bed rest so you're yeah, like and I'm here on bed rest yeah. and you know just my entire family not just me but members of my family is just getting hit from every which way mm-hmm. um and we're all kind of feeling like you know what the hell is going on because now we're thrust into a position where we have all of these things happening to us and the money's running out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't have a way to make the money. Mm -hmm. Um, And money isn't everything, but money is what makes us comfortable. Um, And we live in society that's ran by money. Um, So imagine like all of a sudden going through the money that you thought was your nest egg, but also not having a way to, make more money or keep the money coming in so that your nest egg doesn't completely dwindle away. Um, And then I had a baby. So I was adamant about moving from where I was, but we couldn't find anywhere to live. So like now we're about to be homeless too. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. So that was my, my rock bottom season, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and my rock bottom season may not be the same as the next person's rock bottom season, but it was rock bottom for me considering where I had been. Mm-hmm. Um, and How did you pull yourself out from that. Right. And then having the baby, you know what I mean? And yeah. going through postpartum depression and like, Ooh, what do I do? What do you do? Um, and in order to take care of the baby and all the rest of my babies, um, that I had in here, I had to pull myself out of it. And I had to focus on myself because I couldn't pour from an empty cup. I'm no good to my children if I'm suffering from depression and I don't want to get out of the bed and I'm not motivated. Um, And the craziest thing is, you know, we haven't even added to my storyline because since then I've had another baby. I had another surprise pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just, you know, the journey continues to evolve. I, I didn't have a rock bottom season, but it's definitely been a slow season, you know, mm-hmm. this past year. So it's been another journey and another lesson added on to, you know, what Swagger presented to you. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to figure out how to work that into their pitches because there's even more, you know. Um, but like I said, focusing on myself, knowing that I had to get like my health back in order because I had this baby, um, knowing that I had to also balance venerating my ancestors and um, practicing my spirituality and yoga and all of these different things that helped to make me a better me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I did to pull myself out of it. And it was like, I had to choose one thing. And the very first thing, it was like me walking every day. That was my commitment to myself. That's how I get my heart back healthy. That's how I lose the weight that I put on from the baby is I'm going to go walking every single day. 
Um, and I kept that commitment to myself and the weight started to fall off. And then while I was walking, I was listening to guided meditations and I was saying affirmations during that walk and the walk increased and the meditation increased. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, we talk a lot about rituals and spirituality. Those were my rituals. My ritual was walking, listening to meditation, lighting the candle. Sorry, real quick. I really love that. I feel like people, um, like say rituals and it's like this whole thing where you have to light candles and you have to really like like really be present and like very serious and it's like I feel like as long as your intentions are pure and as long as you set the intention a ritual could be anything because my I'll be talking to God when I'm cleaning my house like that is my ritual on Sundays I, I tap in I clean my house I listen to some music I feel fulfilled and it's really just like yeah, that's how that's you get your, your week started, right? Mm-hmm. That's the perfect way to get the week started. So on Sundays, we clean too. Um, like I got on my lit like sage shirt. I don't know if you can see it too good, but oh, on, Sundays, so on Sundays, we sage. So like on Sundays, we clean the house. Cleaning is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, going back to the Christianity side of things, all of our Christian grandmothers was like, you know, keep my house clean, wash the walls, wash the baseboards down because they understood that cleaning was spiritual right we're not just physically cleaning our house but we're spiritual cleaning that old stagnant energy out of our house that's been sitting there all week Mm -hmm. so that's why i say on sundays we sage because not only do i sage but we physically clean the house you know what i'm saying the kids deep clean their rooms we're vacuuming all of that stuff um is energy right and it gets Mm -hmm. stagnant it gets stuck so when you're cleaning and you're moving things around you're moving the energy around in your house and if it's something negative then you got your sage to clear it out to make room for some more positive energy so Mm -hmm. you know it's great that you clean and a ritual is just something that you do routinely that it's just a different word for routine something that you do consistently yeah i just i really like that um Nowadays, we're really realizing we're getting to a point where it doesn't have to be like church or like something like serious and like with a whole bunch of other people. It could just be like chill with you and your spirit or you and God or just like cleaning up your energy, like yeah, just something to to fulfill you. (laughs) You know, like I think when I when I think about religion for me because I have studied, you know, a few different types of religion. Um, All love is really rooted in like fear, the way that it's taught is rooted in fear. Um, And so if you, you take out the fear and you take out of all the rules that they say you're supposed to, and then you just have your relationship with God, whatever you choose to call him. Um, And I don't think he wants us to have a fearful relationship like society I think it it thrives on our fear mm-hmm. right like they're feeding off of our energy mm-hmm. um I, I tell people all the time because my my store is a crystal store and so we have the world's largest crystal as the Washington Monument and nobody thinks that's weird why they got this big tall crystal tower as the Washington Monument is a quartz tower. Is it? Where are they where are they sending the energy to? I just a quartz <laughs> tower. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If you think about the towers, the little small towers that they sell, mm-hmm. it's the shape. 
Oh, uh-huh. the Washington Monument. Yeah. The tall one. Yeah. Yeah. It's an obelisk. Yes. The world's largest one at that. I never thought about that. Where are yeah. they spending the energy to? <laughs> what are they doing with our energy, right? <laughs> our that fear. Because if you yeah. think about like um on if you think about it, on one hand, we have like fear and sadness and all of this low vibrational energy, right? And then on the mm-hmm. other hand, we have joy and happiness and, and freedom. Why does this society feed on all of this low vibration, low vibrational music when we know that music is healing when it's at, at the right frequency, right? Mm-hmm. When it's at the right pitch, it's high vibrational and it can heal ourselves, but yet we gravitate towards the low vibrational music. We as a society are consistently consuming low vibrations, low, low frequencies. And we have to at some point wonder, like, how do we change that? How do we raise our vibrations? Who is this serving? Yeah. It's not serving you. It's not not serving the individual. So like, who is this really serving to be this low vibrational? Yeah. I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about that a lot too. Absolutely. And so, you know, for me, like I, the fact that there are alternative healing methods and there are different ways to heal it, you know, and the, the food here in the U.S. is bad. Like when you look at all of that stuff, then you go looking to see what else is out there. What else can we do? How else can we heal ourselves? We mm-hmm. have everything that we need, like right in here. Um the great thing about like ancestor veneration is, you know, people get caught up in the altars and the altar is just like a physical thing for you to help be consistent, right? It's a focal point, but we're the altars because our blood runs deep, right? We have all of these generations of blood and DNA running through us. We are the altars, these bodies that we inhabit for this time period um, that we're here. And we have to take care of them. That's our way of venerating our ancestors by taking care of our bodies and taking care of our minds and mm-hmm. keeping our vibrations high. That's how we heal. That's how we heal the generations before us too, by healing ourselves. Like it all starts right here. Yeah. I've, um, I've also been really like thinking about uh, how, I don't know if it says it in the Bible or if we just say it in church, but how uh, we're always saying your body is a temple, your body's a temple. But then mm-hmm. what do you really do with that? I feel like I mean, for my generation growing up, it was just to scare you out of having premarital sex. But (laughs) like, for real, I'm thinking about it. My family has like a history of diabetes. Well, if my body is a temple and that's in my bloodline, it's my job to eat healthy, walk, uh, run, like exercise, move, take care of my body, make sure that I'm, I'm honoring, I don't know, my ancestors getting rid of that old stagnant stuff that we don't want to carry like if on we to don't, if we don't ever change it then who's going to change it like somebody has to be that change you know so like for me I noticed that as I've gotten older like my body can't even tolerate certain foods right mm-hmm. um and so I was eating different before I got pregnant with my last two kids um, because my body could no longer tolerate all these different types of foods. So now I just eat, you know, like chicken and fish or more fish than chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a different type of diet before I gave birth to these babies. And so now I have these babies that don't like meat. two of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's because I had to purposely change my eating, eating habits for my health, but look how it translated into my offspring because I got 
a couple of boys that only want meat and potatoes because that's what we grew up on. You know what I mean? And mm. now I got these daughters who like are close to being vegetarian at some point, you know? Um, so it's all kind of like ingrained in us, but somebody has to be the catalyst for the change. Mm-hmm. So, and my family is me. My mom didn't want to be the catalyst for the change, but I wanted to be the catalyst for the change. And so, you know, over time, it just keeps going. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's definitely hope for humanity. <laughs> I think if we try, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like these, these pandemic babies too, oh, they're coming. They're coming. They're special. There's something special. Different. Built so yeah. different. I was just, I mean, me and my mom would just be sending each other videos uh, of them like walking at eight months and like full sentences. And I'm like, okay, y'all are coming different. Yeah. And I I want to um, contribute to a world that supports that for them. Yes. I would love to just do that. Yeah. Um, Cause I think it's so important um, to just really think about Yes, it's important to do the work for myself uh, that I couldn't do, but I'm not going to get all the work done. So let me at least leave a better world, a better environment, a better family system even for for generations to come. I don't know. I think that that's really important. Um, But I want to circle back because you said that your shop was a crystal shop. How did you get into crystals? So I've been into crystals for a really long time. So see, I've been down here. 10 years in Atlanta um it's been going on maybe 15 years that I've been into crystals um like I said I was always into like alternative healing modalities um but at this job that I had years and years ago let's see my daughter's 14 so yeah like 15 years ago I had this job um and I met this lady she's actually from St. Pete Florida Mm -hmm. um and she introduced me to candle magic um and so in 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 her introducing me to candle magic we started going to like these metaphysical stores and these occult stores and things like that and that just intrigued my interest even further to like what I already kind of knew it's like you know it opens you up to a whole new world but then you start putting things together from you know your past or that you've heard or seen Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these things start to make sense. Um, and so going to these stores, that's how I came across crystals. And I'm like, mm. and my first set of crystals was a was a, a, a crystal kit for creativity. I felt like I needed some some creativity because I needed to market my real estate business at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed some creativity. So that was my very first crystal kit. And it just spawned this obsession with crystals to where you know people would be like how do you know like all the crystals whenever you see them and you know what they do and you know what they mean you're like a crystal encyclopedia and it was just something that I've always been like drawn to um and so over the years whenever I was like dealing with some issues or I needed to manifest some money or you know like whatever I was dealing with I would go look for me some crystals. Like I need me some crystals. I need something to meditate with, to raise my vibrations. Cause this is where I'm lacking. So that was my life with crystals and candle magic and all of these things, kind of doing it with no real direction, so to speak, but just doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was going into my rock bottom season, I was just starting to share my love of crystals with like my friends and things like that. 
Um, and so when I actually was in the midst of my rock bottom season, I had my friends was like, you giving away all your crystals or you going to the store and buy me crystals and you ain't even got no money right now. Like, what are you doing? You need to sell the crystals. And I'm like, I don't want to sell no crystals. Um, that's not what I want to do. And they're like, man, you better sell the crystals. You can sell the crystals. And it was just like, I had God speaking to me from people in different parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna sell the crystals. <laughs> <laughs> and the crystal store blew up like beyond anything that I could have imagined. Like I just kind of did what I knew to do. And then it went viral on Pinterest of all places. Um, yeah, it went viral on Pinterest. And like I said, I was in a rock bottom season. So I couldn't even afford the Shopify fees at the time when it went viral on Pinterest. So I had, I was getting traffic from Pinterest and shit, they couldn't even check out because I couldn't afford to pay the $30 a month for Shopify. Like that's really how bad it was at the time. Um, but then I was getting these emails from Pinterest, like your profile has 17,000 views and every month the number was just increasing. And I'm like, okay, I need to focus on Pinterest. So that's what I did. I focused on Pinterest and I became a Pinterest expert. And at one point I was hitting like a million views a month on Pinterest and yeah. And so the store was doing amazing. Um, so that's, that's just basically what happened. Um, and so now like me getting pregnant again, I entered into a slow season because you know how things get when you're pregnant. And then I'm a little bit older now. So <laughs> having another baby, almost 40, um, me slowing down, slowed my business down a lot. So now I'm in a place where I have to build it back up again. And we've been offered a retail space in Houston, Texas, and I'm going to take it. So I know that's right. It's like, okay, oh, thank you. So it's like, okay, slow season. I need you to pick up because now we got <laughs> a whole brick and mortar that we got to yeah. fill up the store and decorate and all that type of thing. So yeah, that's where we are right now. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're definitely coming out the slow season. Yeah. We're coming out the slow season. Yeah. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> um, you said you're down in Atlanta. This has nothing to do with anything, but if you haven't heard about it before, you need to go to Cecilia's Raw Reality. Um, so oh, cool. yes, I have heard of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just moved uh, from Atlanta, actually. I was there for oh, like really? six or seven years. Yeah. All I right. miss the food so bad. And you said Atlanta, and I'm just like, oh, I miss it. I'm so <laughs> I'm hungry. Chicago, I'm like, man, this ain't Atlanta food is nothing like back home. But see, I'm going to just have to start making my way up then, making my way yeah. up. <laughs> because that sounds amazing but back to reiki okay so i have a question um how do you become a reiki master so a reiki master is the final class in a three-part series of classes so there's reiki one two and three reiki three is master level so in reiki one you actually learn like what reiki is and at the end you get an atonement to be able to give yourself reiki um Yep. So that's how it starts off. So your first class, so it like builds upon each other. So your first class, you learn how to give yourself Reiki. Um, and you could probably, you well, you can give other people Reiki, but they have to be right there, right? But mm-hmm. we kind of don't get into giving other people Reiki until Reiki 2. And then Reiki 2, 
we learn how to share the Reiki with others, but also do it over a long distance. So there's where you learn the virtual Reiki, and then you get another attunement to be able to transfer the energy over a long distance. And then the very last class is the master level, which is Reiki 3. In that one, you're given the ability to teach Reiki to others and um, attune other people to be Reiki masters. So it's it's three different attunements, three different classes, and and basically three different levels of healing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how so, do you, um, how do you ahead. protect your energy in that? Because it's a lot of like transmuting energy. Like it is. It's it's a lot. Yeah. So how do you yep. protect your own energy? How do you so, make sure that your cup is full? Reiki. So there there's a lot of ways that you actually can protect your energy. So the colors that you wear, like your clothes. Um, you can wear dark clothes or you can wear light clothes, um, to protect your energy. It just depends on, you know, what you choose and how you work with colors and spirit and things like that. Um, of course we have jewelry that's protective. I have stones all over my house. I have stones all over the room. Um, I of course work with crystals a lot. So you'll notice like I have on a Jade Buddha and I got my chakra bracelets on. So these are all things that help to protect me. But when you're spiritual and, you know, you're aligned and in tune, your intention to protect your aura, you can set that at the top of your day. So there are all types of ways to protect yourselves. And then like for us, when we're done doing Reiki, we have to make sure that we cut the connection and wash our hands, things like that. Um, So yes, protection is is super important. And that's one of the things that I think kind of gets lost when people enter into spirituality. Like the first thing is cleansing and the second is, is protection. Well, really they're both the same one and two at the same time. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You need to cleanse and protect yourself first and foremost, before you do anything, candle magic, you know, wearing crystals, all of that, like cleansing and protection is number one together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Ugh, this just really, I don't know. Speaking with you has inspired me because I'm doing, I'm getting ready to do, I just felt like I needed a cleanse. So yeah. I'm doing just like a week of like <clears throat> smoothies and like raw vegetables um, just to like cleanse out my gut health. I've been feeling like stagnant energy. I don't know. I bought some like spiritual oils so I could diffuse them in my house. I just really Absolutely. feel like I'm getting ready to be like in a Elevate. different type of You're season. getting ready to ascend. Absolutely. It's that time. Mm -hmm. It's eclipse season. We have a full moon tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an eclipse. And like, this is a a really great time for manifesting. Um, So it's a perfect time for like spiritual baths, cleansing, saging your house, all that, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. If you have incense, like some incense, write down your goals, you know, stuff that you want to release, set it on fire, burn it up, all of that. Yeah, that's oof. So inspiring. I'm about to do all of it. Um, And my very last question is, uh, what would you say to Black people who are uh, not only trying to get into Reiki, but just looking for other like non-traditional modalities of of spirituality? Um, You know, we're taught to be like closed-minded and mindset is everything. Perception is everything. So, you know, first things first is just to open your mind up to the fact that there are... Um, other things out there, other ways of healing, other methods of healing, um, other religions, other spiritualities. Um, 
open mind is everything because at that point you can learn so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what this journey of life is about. It's about learning lessons, you know, and healing along the way. A lot of times we hold on to a lot of these emotions and you know the stagnant energy when we're supposed to learn a lesson and keep it moving and let that stuff go and we never let it go we carry it with us throughout our life that makes it really hard for us to continue learning mm-hmm. um and it's trauma you know mm-hmm. yep and it makes trauma like we're so afraid of the trauma that happened to us before we we can't free our mind and open our mind up to understand and believe that there's something better out there for us or there's a better way of living or a better way of doing things because this is the way we've always done it. Um, So I would say that always be open-minded, be open to things being different, be open to other people's perceptions. And that's how we learn. And whatever resonates with you, that's what you keep. And whatever doesn't, that's what you let go. Mm -hmm. And then keep it moving. Oh, that's such good advice. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for being here with me. Oh, um, thank you for having me. I appreciate to... you. Yeah, of course. I really enjoyed this conversation a lot, actually. <laughs> it did a lot for me. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, but is there anything that you want to shout out? Um, your socials, your website, anything coming up for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, hopefully we will be opening um, our Houston location sometime in July. If not July, it'll be August 1st. We haven't set a date yet because I actually have to get down there, but I got a few kids in school. So once school is out, I can move around. Um, so look for the Houston location. Um, our social media is The Regal Phoenix everywhere except for Facebook. On Facebook, we're Shop Regal Phoenix, but everywhere on social media, we're The the Regal Phoenix. Um, and the website is theregalphoenix.com. So go check it out, buy you some crystals, some metaphysical supplies, and check out the blog because I post a lot of cool information there. Like I'm going to go post something about the full moon tomorrow. So whenever you have questions, you can search the blog and some of your questions might get answered. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you again for being here with me. Um, this has been the Black Spirituality Podcast. Bye guys. <laughs>